everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined by Tim May. We are uh, Letterman Row is still on their Texas tour. Tim is back in Columbus, and we both uh, took part uh, in some investigative, you know, reading through some reports for Ohio State, talking on background with Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith on Thursday as the Buckeyes concluded a two-month investigation. Tim, I, we've both been doing this a long time. This is one of the um, stranger stories, um, sad, bizarre, uh, unfortunate stories. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, that, that we've covered in a long time. A, a 41-year-old uh, masseuse was targeting and sexually exploiting Ohio State football players, specifically Ohio State football players, uh, and the Buckeyes over uh, a span of the last three years uh, became – uh, knowledge to some people about a year ago, but then Ohio State, uh, the athletic department uh, launched with a, a law firm an investigation over the last two months, interviewed virtually everybody in the program, coaches, players, 117 of those, uh, and found that you know, five players had been uh, that had been uh, targeted uh, and exploited for, for sexual activities uh, over the course of the year. It was not a criminal act. It was not an NCAA violation. There's no... Uh, penalty from the team for the players. This is a situation where, as I said, they are considered in this case uh, prey from this sexual predator who has now lost her license to operate as banned from Ohio State's campus and banned uh, from contacting any Ohio State players moving forward. That's the basics here. But now Ohio State has released all that information publicly and now, Tim, they consider it to be a learning lesson. Um, and, and they did have to weigh the pros and cons of putting this out. Yeah. You know, and like you and I've discussed, you kind of like scratching your head a little bit about maybe why put it out. Well, probably the reason you, you know, and you asked Gene about that and you can get into that in a minute, but uh, probably one of the reasons you put it out is this was probably bound to come up in conversation eventually by someone, you know. And like I asked Gene uh, when we were getting to talk to him, you know, he didn't want to be quoted verbatim on most of the stuff he talked about, except for the fact that, you know, he wanted to say, uh, about the forthrightness, the honest and forthrightness of the kids that were during the investigation. He wanted to praise them for sure, because this was, you know, basically border, not border, I mean, embarrassing for these guys to a certain extent that they were, for one of another term, sort of bamboozled uh, in, in, by this by this person, this not young lady, this uh, 41-year-old lady, <laughs> whatever you, whatever that kind of person is. But, uh, yeah. but the bottom line is, you know, I uh, like I, I mean, I, it was hard to even figure out what what the end game was for this person. Except, you know, this you've been around people who go from like sort of being like fans of a team to like sort of be, being around the team to suddenly trying to figure out how they could be part of the team. You know, and uh, this has all the makings of that kind of of person. And uh, uh, that I mean, like Gene finally said, you know, got to the point where. On signing day, she was contacting people who signed national letters of intent for the Buckeyes, letting them know that she was pretty much a team massage therapist. And, uh, you know, we'll see you, see you at the next massage table. And, of course, we know that's not exactly how it works. And we'll get into a little bit of the workings of Ohio, Ohio State. Massage therapy has become a big part of the everyday life for uh, big-time college football players. But, yeah, I'm telling you what, uh, Austin, this is uh, – I told Gene, this is probably as bizarre a thing. And I've seen a lot of bizarre things covering Ohio State football since 1984, but this is right up there, man. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'll lay out specifically, you and I have both been in the training room uh, throughout our careers and even recently as the massage therapy, uh, those independent contractors that Ohio State brings in. We know how that works. We've done 
interviews, we've, we've uh, you know, been familiar with the way that operates with Ohio State players will, in their normal circumstances, they, they sign up uh, through the training staff in the room. They get a time. An independent contractor comes into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. You are in the training room. That is a chaperoned, monitored activity for them, whether you get 30, 45 minutes, whatever. That's part of their normal training. That's not out, out of question. What this woman was doing was operating independent of the university. She was not paid by the university. She was not hired by the university. She was seeking out additional 30, one hour offering uh, extended massages and trying to go meet these players uh, in their homes or in hotel rooms. Uh, so that is all outside of Ohio State. It's again, this part of why this is not an extra benefit or an NCAA violation. Yeah. Um, this woman was, you know, offering receipts. You brought this up uh, several times today and earlier, uh, Tim, that, you know, what was the woman's in game? Ohio State was careful not to say what that was. They can't, they don't want to assign an objective. It did slip out a few times that this woman wanted to have sex with Ohio State football players. That yeah. was the objective. There's no evidence that I've read in this report. Now I've been through it several times where she tried to extort the players. Um, you know, we've obviously that's been in the news. Um, this is not a comparable situation at all to what's happened to Sean Watson. If people are familiar uh, with what's going on with those lawsuits, um, that seemed to be her only objective. She did. She was declining in most cases pay um, and seemed to only, again, I said that earlier, this was only Ohio State football. This was not a basketball track, any other kids on Ohio State's campus. So uh, that part of it, that's how it works. That's what this woman was doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, she wanted to be part of the, she wanted to be part of the team or, or feel like she was, you know, helping some guys out, but also there was adventure involved. I'll leave that, you know, I guess that's the best term, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she had some adventure in mind, uh, et cetera. How far it, it actually went is still not totally clear to me, you know, in, in some respects, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's literally the, the opposite of what you've heard about the Deshaun Watson stuff, you know, and, uh, and that's, uh, those are allegations that have not been proven in court, et cetera. But, uh, you know, this was a massage therapist who sought out players on social via social media, direct messaging and things like that, uh, wanting to be of some service to them. And, uh, and it's just, uh, really, it, I don't know. You just think you know people, but uh, you know you necessarily you don't necessarily. But uh, uh, do. But the interesting thing is how Gene pointed out. He uh, one of the reasons they brought this to light, you know, shed light on it is because it can be a. It's a, definitely been a learning experience for the Ohio State football team, and he's brought it up with other. It sounds like he's brought it up with other uh, athletic teams at Ohio State, uh, but also he, he thinks it can be learning experiences for uh, programs around the country. I mean, athletic departments around the country, like you pointed out Martin Germond, you know, the athletic director at UCLA used to be at Ohio State's assistant athletic director. And, you know, he knows that, you know, a lot of people will, will, you know, that's a rock you haven't really turned over. Maybe you better turn over that rock. Right. And that was uh, to get back to the decision to release it. Uh, as you said, a lot of these were going to be at some point public records. I'm not sure that anyone would have, you know, they would have needed a lot of help to find them. This is not a situation yeah. that I would have ever dreamed of. Uh, you know, the name of this woman was redacted, but, uh, you know, at some point in March forfeited the license. It was going to be revoked anyway, but rather than uh, go into an investigation and try and defend herself, uh, basically pled guilty. Uh, again, it's not a, a criminal allegation. Uh, that's just for, for want of another term, gave it up. Uh, and then Ohio State took their other steps. So, Th those records could have been found eventually, uh, 
I, I think it's probably unlikely without some significant nudging. So that was what led to, you know, Gene Smith, the, the law firm, the advice, the PR people, everyone that is involved in this decision. The only con that they felt was the potential for the players themselves to be embarrassed. They're not named in this. Uh, they're obviously protected. Our identities were protected in, in all of this. So uh, in some ways, I think that, that may make it worse yeah. because every single player had to be interviewed. And so, uh, and, that, and let's, yeah, let's put it out there real, you know, quick. And you kind of have a, did it a minute ago, uh, you know, Ohio State and, and you know, they worked hand in or they, they, they kept the NCAA informed about this as it went along, or at least the, uh, they made that, they made their self report and the, uh, and actually the, the firm they used to really do the investigative part of this, you know, I guess works with the NCAA in some of these kind of things. So Gene is extremely confident there's no, wrongdoing from a, from a violation standpoint, uh, rules violation standpoint by any of the, of the players involved. And uh, so, you know, take him at his word on that one. I mean, uh, but that was, you know, I think, I think that would be the first thing that would pop into any Ohio state fans mind was, you know, is this going to cost us a player? Is this going to cost a, uh, you know, uh, whatever. And uh, sort of clear that up. But yeah, uh, when you, when you lose your license, you know, there have been no criminal charges brought yet, you know, although there was a recommendation, I think that, yes. that people at the end of the thing that people should look into this, the correct authorities. But uh, when you lose your license, you've at least violated <laughs> the terms of being a massage therapist. So there has there have been some penalties meted out to the person involved. Yeah, will not be allowed back around on campus. As I said, cannot contact. There's trespass notices. So Ohio State. Um, has done everything that it can to get that situation correctified and, and everyone is in the loop on that. And as we said, I think you make a great point. When we bring up something that Ohio State is reporting this, they're making it public. This is, this is not the same as a self-report of violations to the NCAA. Um, yeah. this, they, they looked into that and the NCAA was in the loop. They found that there was no need for them to even uh, take it to that level. So this is just the release of the public information. It is not a self-report of guilt for anybody because there is none. As I said, Ohio State players did not uh, commit any criminal acts as according to this investigation. They are not facing any sort of discipline from the team uh, for you know falling victim to what is you know described as a tactical scheme, repeated tactical scheme over three years uh, by this woman um, and no NCAA violations. Those three things are very key. Uh, I think that because of the salacious nature of this, as we talk about it, you know, they're likely to have to deal with bad headlines and potential embarrassment for the players. But Ohio State views this as being transparent and an opportunity for everyone else to learn about, uh, you know, situations like this. Because, as we said, this is not how, how it works to go get massages through Ohio State. But every campus could have the same potential um, pratfall. So it is yeah. an opportunity. And that was ultimately why Ohio State decided to talk about it and release that report today. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, I mean, players are, are, are human. Sometimes they're looking for, you know, possibly another way to, to, to you know, to, another way to do things, meaning from a massage therapy standpoint, this person may have a, a better way of doing it than that person, you know, and, uh, and I understand that. I mean, uh, football is a, is a rough and tough, rough and tumble game, and, uh, and that's the way it goes. By the way, before we go, I mean, uh, I also asked Gene, you know, uh, uh, on the record about, <laughs> about the news that came from uh, Governor DeWine, you know, and you're seeing the CDC is now uh, is now uh, basically saying, recommending that it, people who've had vaccinations don't have to wear masks anymore if they don't necessarily want to out in public, et cetera, in open spaces. And uh, 
And he said they're looking very closely at uh, whether this could mean uh, uh, full a full horseshoe again, a full Ohio Stadium in the fall. And I, I think the dominoes are definitely falling that way, don't you? Yep, and uh, everything seems to be trending in the right direction. Uh, maybe you and I will be millionaires next month, uh, thanks to the governor. And I can tell you that uh, down in <laughs> Texas, where it's already open, there are not many masks to be found. So it's been nice to uh, enjoy a little bit of that freedom. Plus, uh, I already, as I hinted there, and you and I have talked about on your podcast, we both have the shots yeah. anyway. So yeah, uh, it does seem like everything is trending in that right direction. Hopefully you and I can both be in the press box uh, and that 100,000 of our friends can be around us in the horseshoe for week two against Oregon. Uh, all Ohio State players uh, will be present and accounted for coming out of this as, as the school tries to turn the page on a, a strange saga, uh, unfortunate saga. Um, and uh, I, I'm almost, like I said, Tim, I, it's hard to find the right words for it because this is just a really unexpected, out of the blue it, yeah. kind of story that we're used to covering. And, and the thing is, it's another example, though, in our modern age, and Gene Smith made this point many several times when we were talking with him, uh, in the social media realm now, man, you know, you got to watch, you got to watch who your friends, you got to watch uh, who you're talking with. It may not be the kind of person that you want to necessarily be associated with. And, and as, as has been reiterated again, you know, Ohio State football players are big time, uh, big time names out there one way or the other, even, even scrubs can be big time names, you know, in the, in the public realm, you know, you're an Ohio State football player and people want to get close to you. People want to get next to you. And, uh, and they must always be vigilant about that kind of stuff. And that's the point he was making is that it's a good lesson for everyone involved. But, you know, Ohio State football, you know, like I always pointed out, more people knew who Terrell Pryor was in Columbus than uh, Rick Nash, you know. <laughs> and Rick Nash was the superstar for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's what you have to deal with. Yep, well said, Tim. Uh, he is Tim May. I am Austin Ward. This has been uh, an interesting day for Ohio State and, and a turning the page of a new chapter after this investigation has closed. Full details of that report uh, and some thoughts from Gene Smith and Ohio State, always available at lettermanrow.com for full coverage of the Buckeyes. Stay with us right there at lettermanrow.com.